Hello there, you're about to experience the What's Up Church podcast. Can a dude get some Holy Spirit? What's up, church? What is up, church? We, I, I'm sitting here with author, <laughs> author, evangelist, padre-in-law, George Elias. How are you doing, George? I'm doing very well, Daniel. How are you? I'm doing really good. We also have Bruce, my big 100-pound lapdog, laying on the floor here. So if you hear anything, we're in my living room recording this because you guys are out for a couple of weeks because we are leaving for a couple of weeks, right. which is pretty, we're excited. We got a trip. And so they're out here. So we figured, like always, like I just had the opportunity to meet with your brother, Cesar, and Adam and have some recording sessions in San Diego. We figured, why not take advantage of this time and have some recording sessions here and kind of go over some cool topics and things that the, the Lord is putting on your heart, uh, is putting on our heart. And I'm excited for these. So with that being said, there is something that the Lord has deposited into you that you want to talk about that was really interesting. And so I'm going to let you lead the way when it comes to setting this up. So I'm going to let, go ahead and take it away, George. All right. It's, it's always a um, pleasure to uh, be with you, Daniel, and my daughter, Shoshana. Um, and, uh, but anyway, I'm a student of the Word. I love the Word of God. I, I love digging for the nuggets in God's Word. I've always been a nugget person, if we can say it that way, where I just don't read the Scripture. Reading is one thing, studying and digging for the hidden meanings of the Word of God is totally uh, something different and totally what God calls us to do. Too many Christians are what many times I call a surface Christian. They're saved. They, they, they're, they're on their way to uh, spend eternity with our Lord. I do believe that. They're born again. But they miss a lot of the blessing and the deeper understanding of what the Word of God literally gives to us. And it takes someone with a desire to dig for those nuggets that God begins to open their understanding to what is in the scripture. You got you to understand the, and I've always been taught, I've been walking with the Lord for almost 47 years now, is the word of God is alive. It's, it's, it's a living word. And you can read a scripture 50 times and get what you think you, you're getting. And then all of a sudden, God opens your understanding to a whole new realm of what that scripture actually is saying. And you go, wow, I've never seen this before. This is amazing. And God can just give you that, that understanding to a deeper meaning of what the actual um, Hebrew and Greek is saying. You got to understand the, the actual anointing comes from the original writings. And a lot of times we tend to miss a little bit about it, what it's actually saying in the translation when we go to English, I speak Spanish, go to Spanish or whatever language you're, you're studying. So to be able to dig to the original writing and understanding the meaning behind that original writing is huge. And I just encourage you as a believer, if you're listening to this podcast, then that tells me that you are also a student of the word. But something that came to light. Oh, no, that's a, that's a stretch for my, for my, for my, <laughs> <laughs> if they're, I don't know if they're students, but they, you know, they, they might be listening to this, but I hope they're students. I hope people are, are digging deep, but yeah, continue on. <laughs> Dig for the nuggets. Dig for those hidden 
meanings in scripture. You will be so blessed when you do that and God will open. See, God rewards those that are hungry. It's not just somebody that, oh, I got to do my daily duty and just read my, my proverb for the day and I'm done. And I mean, that's okay if that's where you're at. But if you really want, if you really want to know the Lord to a more intimate understanding of who he is and who he is in your life, not just to the general church, but who he is in your personal life, you want that deeper intimacy with him, then dig, study, get into the word of God. And I think there's a huge difference between someone who checks the box, someone who reads because it's a, it's a daily devotional right. versus I thirst and hunger to know him more. Absolutely. Like, and I, and that's what I, many of my podcasts lately have been in that vein because there's been a, you know, an awareness of a lack of hunger or a lack of passion or a needing more because it's like, man, I'm, I'm not getting what I'm need. I'm not right. checking a box is not going to cut it. You, you can't just cruise right. through this. You've got to have a yeah. hunger and a desire and a purpose to right. get, to be in the word. Um, to be in his presence, to be in prayer. And you're right, like just, just service level doing stuff. It's good while you're not, it's better than nothing. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> like reading the word is better than nothing. A daily devotional is better than nothing, but the, the, the blessing is on the other side of that. Absolutely. And, see, and the thing here, here, here is every one of us have 24 hours. You have the same time that I do. Now, I worked in the construction industry for 43 years. I'm retired now. But I was driving many times, many, many years, two hours just to get to work in the morning and two hours to get home. And even in those times of my life, I made time for the Word of God. I made time to study. I made time to memorize. So sometimes in our lives, you have to... You have to... uh Scrape out some time. You have to look at what you have and place in your life the little bit of time that we have and say, God, this is what I'm, the time that I have. I have 20 minutes. I have 10 minutes and I'm going to dig into your word. Feed me. Allow me. I used to pray all the time uh, when I would get home from work without getting girls or anything. Literally, I would just be in the bathroom, lock the door. Nobody wanted to be in there. And I would be in there (laughs) and I would pray, God, what I'm going to read and what I'm going to study right now, burn it into my mind, burn it into my heart. Let it become a part of my life. Make me a vessel of gold and of honor. And I would pray that every single time that I would come home from work because that was the best time that I had for me for years to dig into the word and memorize and study the things of God. And then I would take part of my my uh, Saturdays or Sundays when I had those times to go ahead and study. So again, you got 24 hours like I do. You can sit there and say, well, I don't have the time to go into this. But sometimes what we do is we have the TV on, we watch a movie, we watch a news. We we ha- literally have to look at our life and and carve out a little bit of time, whether it's a lot or a little, for study time and for digging for those things. God looks at your heart and God is going to reward us based on our hunger that we have for him by opening up our understanding to a greater degree. So something happened, Daniel, uh, you know, a while back, not too, too long ago, that I had never seen before. Again, I've read this most of my Christian life. 
And something just clicked that I had never seen before. And I started studying it. And I thought maybe this would be a good uh, little podcast that uh, Daniel gives me the opportunity to go ahead and, and speak to you that are listening to this. Uh, and it's based on the book of Revelation, chapter 5, interestingly. So we look at this, and in chapter 5, uh, we look at verse 4, because no one was able to look into the seals, talking about the seven seals. And uh, in verse 4, chapter 5 of Revelation, it says, So I wept much, this is John, because no one was found worthy to open and to read the scroll or to look at it. But one of the elders said to me, do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose the seven seals. And I looked and behold, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures, in the midst of the elders stood a lamb. Now, this is interesting to me because so many of us, as Christians, and I, including myself, we always have looked at Jesus in the New Testament as the Lion of the tribe of Judah. And the interesting part to this, literally, it's only spoken of one time in the book of Revelation. And it comes uh, from the Genesis chapter 49, verse 9 and 10. And it says, as, uh, as Jacob called his sons and he's giving them their mandate, their message, a prophetic word for their future. And in verse 9, he speaks to Judah. And he says, Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, you have gone up. He bows down. He lies down as a lion. And as a lion, who shall rouse him? Verse 10, the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh comes, and to him shall be the obedience of the people. That's, that's where the root is. That's where it comes from in the book of Revelation. You see the lion? Absolutely. He comes as a lion. He comes as a judge. He comes as a redeemer. Uh, but it's interesting part to this, in the book of Revelation, as a lion, one time, but yet, 29 times in the book of Revelation, he is seen as a lamb. I think that's extremely significant because when we look at what our life is, and I think what the Lord is trying to show us here is, is the lion to me, when, it, when we see him as the lion of the tribe of Judah, we see him as the one that exercises authority. And this authority, we look at Luke chapter 10, verse 19, and Jesus said in Luke 10, 19, uh, and this is the New King James Bible. And I, I love the Old King James as well, but the New King James in verse 19, uh, verse 18 says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you authority. I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So this authority, I believe it's speaking of directly of this lion authority that comes across in the New Testament, in the book of Revelation. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. We get it. But is, it, is, the, is the, the, the symbol of Judah, isn't it the lion? Yes. Yeah. Yes, and that's what we get in Genesis 49. Yeah. The symbol of Judah is the lion. Absolutely. But this lion 
mentality or this lion that we see in Revelation 5, the lion of the tribe of Judah has come, has prevailed, is, I believe, talking about this power and this authority that he comes across in the New Testament that has been given to the church. Mm-hmm. And we see this again in, in uh, um, Luke chapter 10, verse 19. But we also see it in the book of Rebel, in the book of Ephesians, where it talks about this power that is given to us uh, in chapter one, verse nineteen. Well, how? Because how, I always think of Ephesians one three. Okay, we've been given every heavenly gift. Uh, the Father's given us every heavenly gift. I believe it's I believe it's one three, and I don't know the exact verbiage, but it's always yeah, yeah. boggles my mind. Yeah, that we've been given yeah. every heavenly gift. Every spiritual gift in the heavens, yeah. like in heavens and earth, something right. insane. But go to the, that. But you're speaking specifically about power, it's power and authority. You know, a lot of times you know there's two different words there, mm-hmm. and it's like it's like you have a big uh, a Peterbilt Mack truck that's coming towards you, and a policeman puts out his hand. Now, what has more power, that truck or that policeman? Well, yeah. obviously the, the 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 truck does. If that truck doesn't stop when that policeman puts his hand up, mm-hmm. that Policeman is is history. Yes. He's close. <laughs> okay. He's gone. See, but the policeman carries authority. Mm-hmm. He carries a badge. He carries the, the, the hat. He carries the the, 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 the the coat that represents authority. So when that policeman puts out that, that hand and blows a whistle, that truck stops because he carries authority. In the same way, many times the whole demonic realm, they carry a lot more power than we do, but we carry authority mm. and power. That power comes from the risen Christ, comes from the lion. So in Ephesians chapter 1, where Paul is talking about, this is what I'm praying for you, uh, uh, saints in Ephesus. And in verse, without reading the whole thing, because I know we'll lose all our time, he talks to them. And then in verse 19, uh, he says, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power Towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead, seated him at his right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality, power, might, and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And he's put all things under his feet, gave him to be the head over the thing, over all things to the church, gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body the fullness of him who fills all in all. And in chapter two, he goes right into this and he talks about Christ being seated in heavenly places and us being seated with him mm-hmm. in heavenly places. So we literally carry this realm of authority and power through Christ. And I, I believe that that is all representative of the lion. But when we, when we talk about um, overcoming, we talk about spiritual warfare uh, and walking as a conqueror in our Christian life. You know, the lion represents the authority and the power. And I, I've been to Africa many times, uh, Daniel, and I, I've been in, in, on safari more than once. And I've been on safari literally in the Masai Mara in Kenya and also in Namibia. I remember going where where there's a lion preserved there's a there's a fence in front of us and there's these lions right across from us i mean just a few feet away from us but there is a fence uh separating us or <laughs> i remember asking one of the uh the maasai warriors 
if we can just get out of the, the, the vehicle that we were in and walk around? He goes, no, the lions will eat you. I said, well, the Maasai people are walking around. He goes, they know how to handle the lions. You don't. They will eat you. Okay, I get it. They're wild. Okay, but I've seen the power that these creatures, these animals, these lions have when they're given like this big old chunk of meat and they just devour it. So this whole realm of power and authority that's in Christ, we carry. But here's the question that I ask you. Mm -hmm. How do we use it? How do we enforce it? And I tend to believe that when I look at the book of Revelation, when in chapter 5, verse 5, it says the lion of the tribe of Judah has prevailed. But then when John turns around in verse 6, he says, uh, he looked around and he sees a lamb. And here's the interesting part to this. It was a lamb that was slain, a sacrificial lamb that was slain. And for the rest of the book of Revelation, we don't see the lion. We see, we see a lamb 29 times. And I want to bring this up a little bit more <clears throat> on how this applies to us as believers in our battles, our everyday battles in the fight against the enemy, in our fight against uh, the demonic Many times, not only in our lives, but in our families and those that we love. How do we do battle? How do we fight a spiritual war as a lamb? Mm -hmm. I want to bring this up. Now, I've, I've, I've always believed this as a Christian. And I remember I have uh, had conversations with uh, friends of mine that literally move very strongly in the realm of deliverance. And I've, I, I mean, I've got my own stories. Uh, not only in Africa, almost every single time in Africa uh, where there's been uh, the demonic, people literally not just are demonized, but literally are possessed and have had uh, to cast these demons out and set these people free. I've seen it numerous times in Africa, but I've also seen it in California, in San Diego, where I live. Uh, on the streets of San Diego, and we're out ministering to people. Uh, I've had people in my own house that uh, I'm ministering to, and all of a sudden they start manifesting. And uh, I ha literally had to do a deliverance session in my own house or in a church or on the streets in San Diego County. But this is the way I've always understood it, always believed it. And I've brought this up to numerous people, is the way, the way we fight in, when it comes to the, the, the demonic is to defeat the evil one, you attack with the opposite spirit. And I've asked people that, do you, do you believe that? And they look at me and go, yeah, absolutely. The way you defeat the enemy is by attacking with the opposite spirit. Okay? And so when I look at 29 times in the book of Revelation where this comes up, and this is, I wanted to just read a little commentary. And this is all it is. It's a commentary, but it's based out of the, the uh, Strong's uh, 721, Strong's Concordance 721, Arneon, that is seen in the book of Revelation for Lamb. Now, again, this is just a commentary, but this is what it says. Originally, a little lamb, but a diminutive force is largely missing in the New Testament. In John 21:15, Arneon is used of young believers, while 29 times in Revelation, it is a title of the exalted Christ. Arneon is in direct 
contrast to the beast. The beast is savage, cruel, hostile, and destructive. By con contradiction, contradistinction, this is the word that is used here. Our Lord as a lamb is gentle, compassionate, loving, kind, innocently suffering and dying to atone for our sins. In Revelation, the lion and the lamb combine the two elements of majesty and meekness. And it's this contrast of the lion enforcing his authority, his power uh, in our lives, but yet the lamb that projects this meekness and coming across with the enemy with the opposite spirit. Let me unfold this for you and and kind of give you a little bit of an idea what we see in the New Testament on this. Let's look at uh, um, let's look at the realm of fear. Scripture says, you know, we have not been given a spirit of fear, uh, but a power, love, and a sound mind, fear or unbelief. But if we look at how we 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 fight that, God gives us faith. We see that uh, again, Second Timothy one seven. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. And in uh, Romans chapter twelve verse three, that God has given to every single one of one of us a measure of faith. Mm-hmm. So how do you how do you contradict fear or unbelief? You con- you you come against it with faith and trust. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid, but I'm trusting. You know, I have I I I have unbelief, but I put my faith to work. Help my unbelief, Jesus said to the one gentleman. So let's look at another one. How do you counteract the whole realm of poverty and lack? You will find everybody that I've ever heard of in the body of Christ. How do you get blessed? How do you counteract poverty and lack? You give. Mm-hmm. Given, it shall be given back to you, Jesus said. Uh, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. You know, if you sow sparingly, you'll reap sparingly. If you sow bountifully, you'll reap bountifully. This whole realm of how God blesses us is by giving. Well, it doesn't make sense. You mean, uh, if I if I have... Uh, the more I gain, the richer I get. But in God's economy is many times, the more I give as you feel led of the Lord. God, you always spirit, always be spirit led. Always be spirit led. But as the Lord speaks to you to give, it says, God, but this is, this is, this is the last hundred dollars I have. God says, give it. Well, God is trying to bless you. You give that seed. You offer a seed offering. You obey as God directs you. And then all of a sudden, you get a check in the mail. I've seen this happen numerous times. Mm-hmm. I, I can tell you story after story after story after story that when I am, I have so much to give, and I'm just sensing God wants me to give. And I said, but this is what I have. And yet, in my obedience, I have literally received a check in the mail out of nowhere, wasn't expecting it, that's way over and above what I just gave. Which is a huge distinction between give to get. Yeah. It's, there's an abuse to that sowing seed. And you nailed it when you said be spirit-led. Like if it's not this, the Lord telling you to give, then don't. Right. There's no blessing. Right, there. right. Doesn't mean, doesn't mean you can't, but this isn't a blessing type situation. Whereas when you are spirit-led to sow into something, bless someone, a ministry, a person, someone on the street, you name it, insert that. And the Lord's leading you to that. That obedience is where the blessing's at. Right. And people, I, you see people like, oh, I'm going to give a hundred because I know it's in a hundred fold. I'm going to get a thousand out of yeah. this or 10,000 of this. You're like, oh, that is, 
it's a warped, unfortunately, yeah. there are those <clears throat> that have this idea that they give to get. And right. it's just, right. and then they're frustrated right. against the Lord right. when it doesn't work the way they right. want it to work. Like, oh my gosh. Well, the point is a lot of times it doesn't work in their timing. Oh, you know, and even if God does want to, because you're, you're, you're planting a seed or you're sowing a seed, but give God the time frame mm-hmm. to give back to you. And many times we put a time frame or it hasn't happened in the last two months, so it doesn't work. You know, and if God knows that's your mentality, more than likely it's not going to work for you. But if you just give it and just trust God and just let God return it in his timing mm-hmm. and how he chooses to, it's a whole nother issue. See, the scripture says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My yep. ways are not your ways. So the way we think is normally very opposite of the way God thinks. <laughs> you know, another one, for instance, when, when, when the scripture talks about persecution and hatred, like Jesus said, you know, you have heard from, from the old law or the old ways, you have heard to uh, hate your enemies, you know, uh, you know, but I tell you, bless those that persecute you. Mm-hmm. Love your enemies. And we see this in Matthew 5, 43, and also in Romans chapter 12, verse 14. Bless and curse not. Totally opposite of what basically we think in the normal. It's again, it's attacking the problem with the opposite spirit. You know, with your enemy, you want to seek revenge. And that's, of course, that's the, the next one I wanted to bring up is your hurt. And you want to be revengeful. I remember back when, before I knew the Lord, my thinking was, I don't get angry, I get even. Mm-hmm. And that's the mentality of humanity because that's the normal way that human nature responds. But in God's uh, kingdom, it's totally the opposite because he said, no, I want you to, um, you know, I want you to pray. I want you to give it to God. Uh, Luke chapter 11, verse one, pray always, you know, don't get tired, don't grow faint but pray always. And uh, Romans 12, again, mm-hmm. talks about this realm of bless and curse not. Bless those that persecute you. Bless those that you're offended by. And it's the different spirit, the opposite spirit that we attack when we want to overcome in a specific area in our life. Well, I mean, you could almost walk down the list of, of fleshly emotions. Right. And God's kingdom is almost always opposite. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, like every every natural instinct that we have, according to our right. flesh, goes against. That's why right. it has to be such a spirit thing. Like 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 having the spirit right. means you fight your flesh right. daily. You have right. to you have to you have to sacrifice your flesh right. daily because your natural is like I want to. Someone punches me, I want to punch him back. Right. Someone says something, I want to get back. Right. Like vengeance, lust. I mean, you insert the physical, natural, fleshly response yeah. and. You're almost guaranteed to get a counter response right. if you're in the kingdom. So, so going back to Revelation, like a lot of times we use Revelation 12, 11. They overcame him, overcame the Antichrist, overcome the evil one by the blood of the lamb, the blood of the lamb. It's not the blood of the lion, it's the blood of the lamb. The, power, the word of the testimony. The word of their testimony. Mm-hmm. So this whole realm of, of attacking in the opposite spirit, I believe, comes into play. When you're offended, I mean, you got offended. What do you do? You forgive. Mm-hmm. That's what Jesus said. You know, even in the Lord's Prayer, you know, forgive our trespasses as we forgive others. Mm-hmm. And then in verse 14, he says, well, if you don't forgive, God will not forgive you. And that's just so many scriptures that we can go on that. Ephesians 4.32. How can my Father in heaven forgive you if you don't? <laughs> yes. Exactly. It's, which is a, a bummer because like, for a lot of people that hold on to that, you're like, man, how are you not aware of your grace that's been given to you and still holding on to the, the parable of the, you know, the 
the guy who had like the how many talents? Thousand talent. The the slave that didn't forgive his other slave after he had been forgiven. That's always a powerful one. Yeah. So again, so it's it's coming again as a lamb. Revelation twenty, you know, uh, uh, twenty nine times we see him as a lamb, and I believe it's a, it's a direct contrast to the to the the lion that comes across with power and authority, and the lamb that comes across in meekness, and that's how we defeat the enemy in the blood of the lamb or with this realm of of meekness and um, humility is how we defeat the, ev- uh, the uh, evil one. In the realm of sickness, when we're sick or when we're dealing with the realm of sickness, what do we do? We pray and yet we heal others. And we see this many times in, uh, like in Luke uh, um, chapter 16, where he says, go and lay hands on the sick and they will be healed. James 5.16 talks about that if you're sick, call for the elders of the church. When you're a church, call for the elders and let them anoint you with oil and the prayer of faith shall heal the sick and the Lord will raise them up. You know, Acts chapter 10, verse 38 you know, Jesus of Nazareth went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. That's what he does. But then he commands you to go and heal the sick. Mm-hmm. When people are sick, you know, the, 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 the whole realm of the opposite comes into play that we produce and uh, put out that which he gives us the mandate to be able to uh, pray for those and see them get healed. We just had an amazing, we'll, we'll talk about that uh, at another podcast, uh, person that uh, in uh, Yuma, Arizona, uh, just a few days ago that had a back problem and we just prayed his pain completely went away. So let's look at another one. Uh, people that are in prison. See, I like to teach a lot of times on evangelism and it's like people that are in bondage. Luke 418, the Luke 418 anointing. Spirit of the Lord God is upon me for he has anointed me. Daniel, put your name there. He has anointed Daniel to preach the gospel of the poor, to set those that are captive free. That's what we do. People that are in prison, we set them free. Completely the opposite of what they're doing right now in, in, in the realm of this humility and meekness and authority that God has given to us. When people are confused, what do we do? Luke chapter 24, verse 45 the Bible talks about how God opened their understanding, giving clarity to the things that God wanted them to know. He gives you clarity. He gives you purpose. God is not the author of confusion. Confusion, it says in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33. So again, it goes against a lot of times where um, what we want and what we're looking to the Lord for is the complete opposite of what we're dealing with and what we're struggling with. People that are confused, we pray that God would open their understanding and that's what he does. If you're lonely, he provides a family. And Ephesians 2.19 and Ephesians chapter 3, he talks about how God has given us this whole uh, family of God that we have that we can overcome this realm of loneliness. And where does it say in, in, uh, in Romans chapter 12, verse 25, Romans chapter 12, verse 9, he says, overcome evil with what, Daniel? With good. With good. You overcome evil, not necessarily you have the authority of the lion, but you overcome it with good. It's attacking it in the opposite spirit of what God says how you need to fight. And it's interesting, again, how lion Yes, he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. We see that. It's spoken of one time 
Revelation chapter 5, but yet 29 times he comes across as a lion, as a lamb. And, and, I, and I've always looked at that as how is that? And it's the opposite of the lion, which is meek versus authoritative or uh, power. If we attack it, the opposite <clears throat> spirit. Well, I mean, he didn't conquer death, sin, and the grave as a lion. Right. He conquered it as a lamb. Absolutely. You know, the authority, his power wasn't as a lion. Right. Well, it, was, what, it was the willingness of him as yeah, a, being yeah, the lamb yeah. is what gave him the authority over right. all of it. And because that's, that's what John said when he, when he saw Jesus, John the Baptist, when he saw Jesus, he said, behold, the lamb of God mm-hmm. that takes away the sin of the world. This is the, the, the uh, Paschal lamb. This is the, the lamb of God that literally provided uh, freedom for us as believers. And this is the way it comes across in, in, in the book of Revelation. And to me, it's very significant because I know in my own life, uh, whenever I've had opportunities to, you know, I speak with authority. And this is the other thing that Jesus was teaching. You know, the scribes or the people were, were or, 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 or the people of authority were saying, he doesn't, he, he speaks as someone who having authority. The people were looking at Christ as, he doesn't speak like everybody else because he is coming across as someone with authority. And this is what he gives to us. We speak out of authority. We speak the word of God out of authority, out of a lion mentality. But at the same time, how we defeat the enemy is an, in humility and you overcome evil with good. Makes sense. Makes sense. That's a good one. That's a good one. I didn't know like, the one time versus the 29. That's, a, that's an interesting statistic in Revelation. But yeah, it's good. Nice. So, so anyway, so this is, again, this was something that just literally just, I just felt like as I was reading uh, a while back and I was looking at Revelation and I came across this scripture in chapter five. And then I realized something. Uh, I know a lot of times and I'm, I've been in the Lord for enough to see it in many, many circles, many meetings that I've been to that we all talk about the lion. And I get it, you know, because he is, he is the lion of the tribe of Judah but we don't always bring up how he comes across as a lamb. And I think that's very significant because that's how we overcome by the blood of the lamb, the word of our testimony and how we have seen in revelation as a lamb is very significant. Well, and that's who we're going to see for eternity right. is the slain lamb. You know, he's going to have his marks. He's, he's going to, we're going to see him as he was. Right. And right. so that's not a lion. That he is going to be for eternity for us, like, which is going to be crazy. We'll spend eternity trying to figure out how much he loves us. Um, but yeah, that's how he'll, he'll be for eternity with those marks, those wounds. He'll be the yeah. slain land for eternity. And that's always amazing to me. We see that in, Reve- in Zechariah chapter 14. We see that in, in, in uh, Revelation chapter 1. Uh, so many times where he, we know that he carries those wounds. And I love the depiction with Mel Gibson in The Passion of the Christ when Jesus rises again and those wounds are in his hand. Those holes are in his hand. He carries those mm-hmm. because for all eternity, I believe he's going to be able, like you said, carry those wounds and those marks of what literally he did as the Lamb of God to be able to set us free. And again, going back to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, where he places us and seats us with him in a realm of authority in heavenly places so that we can speak that which we need to speak not only with authority, but in humility and speaking that which the word of God declares 
that we have to be able to overcome the evil one. That's good. That's good. Love it. This is fun. Yeah. Do you, do you have anything to conclusion on that? Or is that, is that a good spot? Well, I think that's a good spot. I just want to uh, um, just reiterate, you know, dig for the nuggets. Go after the nuggets of Scripture and look at, look at build intimacy with the Lord. And he, you will walk in that authority uh, repeatedly in your life. And you will walk in the peace and the freedom that God gives to us. But at the same time, overcome the evil one by attacking with the opposite spirit. Overcome evil with good. Overcome lack with giving. Totally opposite. Instead of gaining, yeah, I want more money. Give, sow, and let the Lord guide you and you will be blessed. But it works the same way in every realm in the New Testament. Is usually, like it says, our thoughts are not your thoughts. Our, my ways are not your ways. Is let the Lord guide you, but look at how we come across to be able to walk in the freedom that God gives to us. Boom. There it is. Well, this was fun. I'm, we're going to do more of these, I think, while you're here. Hopefully, we'll get some more in. So, people, stay tuned for some more podcasts. We're, taking, we're making hay while the sun shines. So, uh, we will talk to you guys soon. Bye! You have been listening to What's Up Church Podcast. Just know you are cooler than all your friends that didn't. <laughs>